0: Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles podcast. Number six is directness. To be direct. Way back in the early 2000s, when I was first getting into this, there was a big kind of philosophical war between the direct and indirect schools of seduction. And I think since then, the kind of directors has won. But back then, there was a lot of discussion over whether it was better to let a girl know that you liked her or you thought she was sexy or that the reason you were speaking to her was because you were attracted to her as a woman, or whether it was better to just pretend you were asking her opinion or that you wanted to know where Starbucks were or you weren't that fussed about her, but maybe she, you find out a bit later you're interested. There was kind of good explanations for why being indirect was, was a strategic advantage The idea behind it being that if you sort of let the girl know you're really interested straight away, that your value was dropped, that she wouldn't perceive you as being a man of choice and she wouldn't chase you, and that was the kind of idea behind it. But I think that that fucked up a generation of seducers, the guys who read the game and did all that mystery method stuff early on and the various other companies who taught that kind of stuff, was because underneath that, underneath the technical idea, whether or not it was technically useful or not, there was a really shitty presupposition, a really shitty idea, which was that women won't just like you, right? Because if I'm being indirect, it presupposes that I can't just go and let a girl know why I'm there because she wouldn't like me. Like, that wouldn't be enough. The fact that I'm here presenting myself as a direct male, she'd be like, whatever, like, I don't want to have anything to do with that because you, sir, are a piece of shit or you're not worthy or you're not sexy or you're not attractive in some way. So... That was why, from the very beginning of my company, we always taught direct game. Right? always taught being expressive with your desire, not fucking around, not trying to play all these games to try and manipulate people into into liking you, but to just present yourself. And I've developed a lot over the years of my understanding of what it really means to be direct. And I think some guys perceive, they misrepresent this and perceive it to mean that you always have to go up and tell a girl that you find her really sexy and that that's directness, right? That every approach I go up and I say, hey, you're really beautiful and that's it. And then I did my direct, did my direct game. I think that's a surface level understanding of what it means to be direct. The girl I just met back there, what did I say? I said, I think you look lovely, right? So I was direct in the sense I waved and I smiled and said hello. I wasn't trying to use some excuse. I didn't say, hey, I'm filming this thing. Do you want to be part of the thing? I just said hi. And I told her that I thought she was lovely. Okay, so that's direct in my intention. And then from that position, I continued with my directness. Because I've said this before, and I think it's in a powerful statement, that direct is an attitude. It's not just an opener. Right? So the way I try to live my life is from a direct position, where I try to be clear about what it is that I want. I try to be clear about when uh, I'm saying yes, when I'm saying no try to be clear about starting a relationship, about ending a relationship, about what my boundaries are, about what I'm willing to put up with, about what I'm willing to offer, about what the deal is. You know, I'm I'm a person who runs a kind of complicated business now and I have to do deals with people all the time. And I learned that being indirect and trying to be polite and make everyone happy meant that you ended up getting in messy, shitty deals and people ending up feeling like that they were in some way misled. So I think it's really important if you want to be an effective male, you want to be someone who commands respect, who gets attraction, who goes forward what he wants, that you are always direct. And as I was saying before, there's, there's a difference between being just bluntly like saying the words, I think you're beautiful, or you're, you're really sexy, I wanna fuck you, that kind of thing. And the implication of direct. So when I'm teaching guys to be direct in my workshops, yeah, we usually start out by being verbally direct. We teach the guys to go and give compliments but not just to go and say the same thing over and over again, to look at each girl and, and get a feel for what is it is about that girl. That girl there, my little read on her was she smiled and she was like kind of sunny and like dreamy. I saw her earlier when we were filming and she was like kind of here in, in her dreamy space and so my choice of word was lovely. Whereas if it was a girl who was like fucking sassy and like tits out and like a sex bomb, I would have chosen a different word. Right? It doesn't it's not just necessarily one word, it might be a phrase, but. If I'm being direct with a girl, I always try to be specifically direct. I allow myself to drink her in and see, okay, what is it about that girl that is attractive in her own particular way? And then I communicate in that way. And then there are levels of direct where I don't even need to say anything. And that's communicated through your intention, through your eye contact, through your body language or through your touch. And this is all sorts of stuff that we teach on the workshops that we teach you guys to become aware, to to clear their minds. And then to get into a space where they can charge that potential relaxed space with a clear intent, a direct intent. So that when I'm looking at a girl in the eyes, I'm zapping her with my sexuality, I may just say, hey, what's your name? It's not like a sexy words to say, but the implication through my eye contact is clear, through my intention, through what I'm feeling, thinking and projecting through my eyes. So walking through life with a direct intention which is to be clear communicator, to send messages without playing games, to be unashamed and unapologetic about what you want. Of course, I need to be able to read feedback. I can't just sociopathically go through life stealing and ravaging and taking everything without being aware of the consequences. But the people who get what they want out of life are the ones who go for it, right? They're the ones who make moves in the direction of their desire, and they're not apologetic for the fact that they have that desire. The guys that I've seen and and I know for myself as I developed who became very effective with women were the ones that let go of the need to please people all the time to be perceived as being nice and polite and they learned to be selfish in a healthy way right to be able to go and get and take what they want and of course to be able to exchange that and give something back and to to develop this sense of entitlement over time. Feeling entitled to amazing women comes from being direct and clear about what you want first. If you're trying to hide that from the girl or from yourself, then she'll perceive that as being inauthentic and you will not be able to align your thoughts, emotions and actions and words in a way that are powerful, charismatic and persuasive. So go through life, gentlemen, with a sense of directness, not just at the opener, but throughout every single thing that you do. Number seven, good wingmen. You may have heard the phrase you are the sum of the five people that you spend most of your time with whether that's exactly true or not you certainly are heavily influenced by the people that you're around and it's quite difficult to get awesome at seduction just by yourself and it certainly is possible i know for myself and for all the guys that i'm currently with the initial stages of what i was doing was completely solo right so when i first started cold approaching girls i was about 26 and all my friends were in relationships or were terrified of the idea of talking to girls or made excuses about it. So when I first started going out, yeah, I did it all alone. And most of the guys I now hang out with, Tony and Travelbum, also started out doing their stuff alone. However, as soon as I could, I found my way into communities of guys that were interested in doing this and started to work, create wingman relationships that meant that when I found the right guys, and it took some trial and error, Some of the initial guys that I hung out with, when I look back, it was like some kind of weird dudes and some guys that I wasn't compatible with, Uh, or guys I went and had a bit of fun with and tried some stuff out with, but our styles didn't really work together. But when I did find my initial group of wingmen, my results skyrocketed. Because having a good wingman is is beneficial in so many ways. Of course, from a very practical sense, if we're going and approaching, especially at night, Often girls are in twos and threes and approaching, trying to get girls just by yourself when they're in groups. That's a very challenging dynamic. And if you've got another wing who works well with you, then you can meet two girls and, and go and pick them up together. Or, or you can split them and then your wing can take care of the girl that he's not, maybe not interested in, uh, but take your attention away so that you can work on seducing the other girl. There's all these kind of basic practical elements of a wingman that most of you would be familiar with. But I think good wings go well, well beyond the guy that you stand next to when you're approaching that kind of, you, you keep each other company so you don't look like dorks in the bar. Or even the, I'm going, and we're going and approaching two girls and trying to work two girls together. Good wingmen, the guys that support you on all aspects of your, of your journey anyone that's interested in our style of seduction is not just interested in a bunch of techniques, trying to learn a bunch of pickup lines or tricks that they're going to apply. Most guys that watch this channel are guys that want to improve themselves on a deep internal level. They want to improve their confidence, their spiritual growth, their sense of masculinity and manhood. They want to have really interesting lifestyles where they have lots of cool activities to do and fun, open-minded, progressive people around them who are inspiring them. And that's where I see wingmen really affecting you deeply. I currently live in a house with Liam and Tony, travel bum, Shay lives nearby as well. Uh, My whole crew that I roll with are constantly supporting me and I'm supporting them in their personal growth change and also in their seduction endeavors. Whenever a guy brings a girl home to our house, he knows that there is absolutely zero chance that we will do anything to mess it up. And that's, that's a reality in a lot of social circles is that men have friends, whom they may perceive to be very close friends, but as soon as they bring a girl in or they try and meet a girl, that that guy unconsciously or consciously fucks it up for him. Teases him, makes him look like a fool, tr- worst case scenario, tries to hit on the girl, but at the very least is not making him look great and not making it easy for him to you know, get the girl into bed or to, her to feel comfortable in that environment. We all know that any, anyone brings in a girl, whether it's a short-term thing or a girlfriend or a long-term lover, that everyone is going to be awesome. They're going to play their role perfectly in terms of making the girl feel comfortable, being charming without being seductive, in joining, helping her to like join into the group dynamic, if need be, doing stuff like quickly going and changing sheets or getting a set of towels or sometimes giving your room up. Like All, all of us have done all sorts of things for each other where it, it's in the assist, assistance of his wingman to make sure that he gets laid or that the... the uh, the girl feels comfortable and so on I know that if at any point I needed to contact Liam and say hey dude can you change my sheets or Tony contacted me and said uh, you know there's a go- there's a girl coming in a minute can you like tidy up or or I need you guys to get out because there's a girl coming in and she's like really timid and nervous like all of us many times have just jumped at that instantly going all right cool let's, let's get in order and make sure that this works for the other guy on a pragmatic even selfish level if you help each other out, then later on the other person helps you out. Everyone gets laid more often. And on a on a kind of group dynamic level, if you're not surrounded by a group of friends or wingmen or or, just, or one or two or however many guys that have your growth, your success, your happiness as something that, that they are invested in, then they're not friends, right? And there's a there's so many social groups of men which are which are built around supporting negativity around. Hierarchies where they're rigidly enforced, and someone is someone's at the top, and everyone else is kind of fighting for attention, or, or or there's a pecking order down which people are nasty to each other. There's all sorts of social groups where people support each other's laziness, or encourage guys to stay in safe zones and not to step out of their comfort zones. Or if one guy does step out and try something new, whether that's trying a new style, trying a new activity, uh, or Heaven forbid, going and talking to girls that he's shouted down, teased down, made fun of in some way or another. If, you, if you're in that kind of social circle, it can be really difficult to get ahead. And it's important that you understand that if you are, that you need to find new wings. I've done this multiple times in my life. I've had groups of friends who sometimes were really awesome people and really lovely and friendly and supported me in some ways, but did not have the interest or the ability to support me when it came to getting good with women or expanding my lifestyle, or traveling, or uh, stepping out into the risky zones of entrepreneurship, and so on. So it is vitally important that you find, to start with, just one other guy, and it can be a girl too, having a good wing girl can be awesome as well. Generally, it's gonna be a guy who wants to go on a similar path to you, who's a positive influence. He doesn't have to be the best seducer in the world, but he has to have a good attitude, a good mindset, and want you to succeed as much as he succeeds. Because it becomes so much more fun. Right, Going out, rolling together and meeting girls or being in situations like me and the guys are in, have been in many times where someone's someone's got a girl or he's picked up two girls. He met a bunch of girls and, he's, and he calls us up and says, hey man, I've got three chicks here and we, I need someone to come and like have fun with me. Sometimes that means hanging out with a girl who's already got a boyfriend or the girl who's not very attractive and you're not interested in, but your role is to keep her busy whilst the other guys are picking up the girl or whatever that is. This becomes part of the kind of tribal code. And as you guys forge these alliances and work well for each other and with each other, then everyone benefits massively. Get yourself a good wing. Number eight is open-mindedness. Most people would like to consider themselves open-minded. It's, it's rare that someone says, you know what I'm really proud of? That I'm close-minded, that I'm rigid in my attitudes, and I'm unwilling to learn anything new. I think often people consider themselves to be open-minded and they see that as a virtue, but they don't really know what that means. In the realm of like getting good with seduction, open-mindedness means actually very critically analysing the belief structures that you have, the thought processes that you have carried with you for most of your life, and that you have perceived to be truth and to challenge those. And in many cases, to be willing to throw them out completely and allow new ideas or beliefs to uh, replace them because they're more effective. I know for myself, when I got into this early on, I I had to do some deep soul-searching and start to question a lot of my deep uh, preconceptions about female sexuality in particular, about what it meant to be an attractive male. I had to look at my pride about certain aspects of my personality that I thought was awesome and realize that it wasn't actually awesome. So things such as early early beliefs that I had, things like women really only have sex if they have an emotional connection with a man or if they have sex outside of that, it's because they were tricked. It's because they were taken advantage of or exploited in some way or that they are weak in some way and, they were, and that a man took advantage of that weakness. That was one of the early beliefs that took me quite a long time to really challenge because I was brought up in to have a lot of respect for women and to feel protective for them but also not to really not to really give them much autonomy I I didn't perceive that they had as much independence as they do and I thought that they that they were really susceptible to exploitative men and therefore and and I and I had attitudes around what it meant for a woman to have sex I didn't believe that a woman could just have sex with a man for for physical pleasure I didn't believe women could do that in a way that was healthy. I didn't believe that women would sometimes just want to have a mate, a friend, who they had sex with sometimes. Like they, I didn't have room in my mind for this kind of belief, because it it was shocking to me. It was scary. I didn't. I wasn't really willing to understand the depth and complexity of of what female sexuality was. So this is just one kind of example of like a place where I was actually fairly close-minded and rigid. I had very specific ideas and I, and there was a philosophy behind them and I thought it was a good thing, you know, because I was a white knight. I was a guy who wanted to protect women and look after them and therefore I didn't allow them to look after themselves. I didn't allow them to be the messy, complicated animals that they are actually, who are sometimes looking for love and deep connection and sometimes looking for a piece of dick, right? And so as, over time, I actually challenged these beliefs and, 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 started to source evidence for the contrary position or for more complex positions I started to see different levels of truth and from those levels of truth women started to perceive me in a different way because I could accept that a woman could have sex casually then I could go and have sex with her casually right I could be that kind of guy who was non-judgmental who was allowing her to be what she had to be or wanted to be and that I was really reading the reality of the situation as opposed to imposing my viewpoints on there, right? So, open-mindedness is a a nice concept, but it's only really real if you're actually trying on new beliefs. If you're trying new behaviours, and not in a way of like, okay, I'm just kind of testing it to already back up the thing that I already believe, but like a scientist who's, who's trialing out theories, being willing to have an experience where you see that, oh, okay, that whole way that I perceive physics now needs to be thrown out the door and now there's a new truth in town, All Right. So anyone who is dogmatic, who is heavily invested in a certain philosophical or behavioral outcome and has very rigid worldviews on it, won't be able to accept another worldview into their life. As a result, they can't take the benefits of that new worldview. I've had to multiple times throughout my development reassess completely the way that I think about masculinity, about seduction, about women, about sex, all these things. I keep getting confronted with new levels of truth as I, over time, I, I hope, become more and more open-minded, less and less attached to a rigid position and less attached to the idea that there is such thing as one truth. And I think the truth is a slippery, slippery thing and it has many, many representations. And people who've decided that they know the truth don't have now collapsed all other possibilities. So if you want to get good at this, you're going to probably have to challenge long-held beliefs. And they can be beliefs that are tied deeply into your sense of identity. And that's usually why people won't actually in an open-minded challenge their own belief structures because they see that if they were wrong or that there was many other right ways of thinking, that then they would have to rethink their life they might have to look back and go, shit, I actually wasted some of my life. Or, yeah, I was operating from a position that was completely delusional. Or, fuck, I was wrong about that. Right? And that's something that a lot of people are not very good at doing. They have too much pride in what they think and what they believe, and so they don't get to experience other levels of truth. You want to be good at this? You may have to throw out huge chunks of what you thought was true in order to find out what is actually true, or even if it's not like the objective permanent, you know, universal truth, something that's effective and works for you. Number nine is sexual mastery. There's almost nothing that gives you such a sense of confidence and certainty when you're meeting a woman, approaching a woman, as the knowledge that if you get her alone, you get her in a bedroom, that you are going to blow her fucking mind. If you're able to satisfy a woman at a much higher level than the average man, then you everything that you do is going to be simpler this is really about having the end game in place meaning that all of the steps that lead up to that are going to be much much more simple and i've seen this with uh, guys who've had little sexual experience or don't feel so confident in the bedroom that i've coached often what they do is actually sabotage situations where they would be able to get physical with a girl because there's an underlying uncertainty, there's an underlying fear that if they do get a girl in the bed, that it's not going to go so well. Now, I know that this is a bit of a catch-22, right? So if you don't, if you're not a sex master, how do you become one, right? If you're not, so, not someone who's supremely confident in the bedroom, um, how are you going to get into situations where this can happen? Well, this, this is uh, the process of seduction, bringing escalation, bringing sexual intent into your interactions, straight from the beginning, means that you will be stepping into this world more and more often. A lot of guys, when they first start learning seduction, they look at it like, okay, I need to go and learn approaching first. All right, makes sense. Okay, I don't know how to approach girls, so I get some material, maybe I get coaching or watch some videos, and I start going out and trying to say hi and get into a conversation. And then they think, all right, if I get that, then, then I can move into the conversation aspect. And maybe if I do that, then I can move into the getting the numbers. And then from there, I can move into the getting the dates and and looking at it in this linear form where I need to master one step or get competent at one and then move to the next, move to the next. And there's this long chain of events and skills I need to get before I get girls into the bedroom. And then if I get her in the bedroom and then she leaves my life, then I have to come around and start the whole thing again. Now on one level, that's true. Okay. We do need to move through all these stages, but the guy that gets really good at this, the guy that has a profound sexual effect on women is the one that views it as being sexual from the start. right. So when I meet a girl and I go and say hi, it might be something simple. I'm not necessarily always being verbally super direct, as I mentioned before. But if I go up there and I start something with her, when I hold her hand, I hug her hand. I look into her eyes and I think, feel, project sexuality. Yeah, I imagine her naked. If I'm getting her number, I touch her lightly on the shoulder and allow my hand to melt into her skin. If I'm asking her out on a date, I do it in a way where even if it's simple like, hey, I want to get a cup of tea with you, in that moment, I'm feeling my attraction for I'm projecting it through to her. Then when I'm going out on a date with her, when I meet her for the first time, I don't walk up to her and go, oh, hi, you know, nice to see you. And, you know, "I just you know, shall, we, shall we go to the date and keeping things really formal? Right away, I'll be being tactile. I'll be escalating. I'll be starting to create a physical dynamic and physical relationship with the girl from the beginning in this way, it's always sexual, right? And, and, and for a guy who doesn't have a lot of experience in the bedroom, you can start to get a lot of experience with sexual eye contact, with touch, with leadership, with flirtation, with verbally stating sexual interest, with talking about sex. These can be things that you can bring into your interactions, even if you're not taking the girl into the bedroom, right? So I would, the, for a guy who's, has limited experience, start trying to think of the whole interaction as sexual. Now, I don't mean that you're always talking about sex or that you're kind of rudely being blunt about this all the time. It's just the implication, the underlying sense of this is sexual. That's what a seduction is. It's not a friendly conversation that ends with you trying to make some weird move. And that's a a common mistake that guys do in dating is that they, they don't make their intention felt until right at the end of the date where they lurch in to have a kiss or try and grab a boob or something like that. This is not foreplay. This is not building sexual tension. Sexual mastery develops from making your interactions overall sexual. Now, of course, there's, there's the big difference between that and then when we're actually in bed and all of the sexual technique and the, uh, the mindsets and the understanding of female anatomy and all of that kind of stuff that goes into becoming a great lover. Now I can't this is a whole products or a whole workshop's worth of stuff that I could talk about here, but on basic level, I know for myself I became good in bed when I started with humility, just accepting that I wasn't great, right? Like when I was first being sexually active in my teens and early 20s, and I was having some haphazard results and sometimes it was good and sometimes it was bad, and and I realized that okay, I could be a lot better at this, and I wanna be. I wanna be a fantastic lover, and that should be Your a a major motivation of you, of yours. As I said at the beginning of this list, curiosity is one of the most powerful things. And in this level, a sexual curiosity and a and a desire to please a woman as well as please yourself to really enjoy sex, to be for it to be a full body sensual experience where both of you have mind blowing experiences. That should be your aim. If your aim is to like fuck girls and come you know, to just like get your rocks off or to kind of take sex from somebody and not to give a shit about how she experiences it or what is the, the potential possibilities that you could have in the bedroom, you won't be a good lover. So the first, it, you become a good lover by actually wanting to become a good lover, by then finding a sexual mentor. And preferably what you want to find is a girl who you find attractive, doesn't have to be the girl of your dreams, but a girl who's friendly, fun, is more sexually experienced than you or at least very willing to explore her own body and then spend some time with her, right? So I've met some guys who've had got into up and got kind of good at one night st- picking girls up in bars and having lots of one night stands and they rarely see the girl again. And then they're just not very good in bed. I've talked to female friends who, for example, dated a lot of musicians who were really cool dudes or really cool barmen who got laid a lot. But uh, the the girls complained that these guys were the worst in bed because they're really, really hot and they play in a band and work in a bar or something and they got laid every Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. They just didn't put in any effort because they didn't give a shit if the girl had any pleasure and they just did their thing. And as a result, they were not good lovers. Now, okay, a guy like that might be able to get away with it because he's he's very well installed in a certain social scene where he can burn through girls. But I mean, to me, even if that was possible, I wouldn't want that kind of sexual life. So what I did early on, I think I was 22-ish, met a girl who was a bit older than me, more sexually experienced. We got into bed. The sex was, I knew was just average. I knew that she was like, nah, okay, he doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, and instead of being proud about it or being ashamed of it, I just said to her, hey, listen, I know that wasn't probably the best you've ever had. I really want to be good in bed. So can you just teach me how to do this or show me what you really like? And, uh, and don't worry about my feelings. It's just like... Show me, and I won't take it personally, and uh, I'll cook you dinner every night for a week, or over several weeks, I think it was. And so we made this deal, and so she became my sex teacher, and she taught me what it was that she really liked. And we, and we learned to communicate and talk in the bedroom. And for me to really become sensitive and aware of myself, to get out of my head out of this, I'm trying to do these things and move through these positions or achieve something, and to get really sensitive and aware, and to learn how to please her. And that's something that I've continued to do throughout my life, even though now I've had a lot of experience been with lots of different types of girls and I am I know what I'm doing. Each new woman, when I'm with her, I do try and learn about her body. I ask questions. I find out about her fantasies. I observe very carefully the responses that her body uh, makes when I touch her and so on. So you must become a fucking fantastic lover if you want women to keep coming back to you as well. If you Blow a woman's mind, and it doesn't take so much. Like, if you learn how to give a girl an orgasm and you last longer than the average guy, which is kind of three to five minutes of penetrative sex, is kind of the, the average, which is abysmal. It's not good. It's not enough. If you can learn to last longer in, in the bedroom and to really understand a woman's anatomy and to be able to communicate with her and give her what she desires, then she will remember you forever. She will come back to you time and time again. Like you, you may be the go-to guy that she, whenever she breaks up with a boyfriend, she comes back to you for good sex, or uh, you know she she sees you as the fuck buddy. And the, there's all sorts of amazing roles you can play in a woman's life. But if you and and if you are a fantastic lover, she will want you to play those roles in her life. Right. So make sure you make that a priority. However, it is you need to learn it, whether it's through instructional courses or coming and learning uh, from a course with me, or it's finding a girl that you like, that's friendly, that's willing to communicate and learning together. Number 10 on my list of vitally important fucking amazing things that will help you get laid and have a great life is this, take the feedback. The reality is that the world, life and women have been trying to teach you how to get good at seduction and good at life your entire life. That there is all sorts of feedback that's being presented to you constantly and especially when you go out and start approaching girls that will instruct you on what is the way to make corrections what are the things that work and don't what are the mindsets and activities belief structures words types of touch all this stuff that works and doesn't work I mentioned earlier in this video that one thing we have to do is approach girls right you have to go and meet strangers and I also talked about in the previous video, the 10 things that don't work, warning against mass approaching, right? So here what I'm saying is, maybe you're thinking I'm saying contra- contradictory things, where on the one hand I'm saying, okay, you've got to go out there and meet lots of girls, but don't just go and hammer yourself up against a wall, repeating the same thing over and over again. And that's what I'm getting at here. I've approached a lot of women. And when I, when I spent my first two years of doing this, I was meeting girls every day, but I wasn't meeting dozens Goals every day. I wasn't smashing through endless amounts of approaches hoping that just uh, just numbers would somehow make improvements. What I did do was I learned very quickly to take the feedback from the girls in the ways that they were presenting their corrections to me. I didn't have any mentors when I first started out. I didn't have a great dating coach. I didn't the, the methodology that was around when I started was mystery method and stuff that I hypno stuff that I wasn't interested in and I thought was bullshit. Uh, There was no natural game instructors when I started. So the only people that I could learn from were the girls that I was talking to, really, and later on, seeing other guys who were good and starting to figure out what were the principles they were using to get good. But I increased my ability very, very fast because I had spent a long time meditating before this. I developed my meditation skills to the point where I was very self-aware. Even though I was missing out on vital skills or understandings about seduction, I was very aware of myself of what was going on inside my own body, and my mind, my emotions. And as a result, I had less white noise going on up here, less tension, so that when I was interacting with a girl, I had more social awareness or expansive awareness. Learning awareness meditation is good for understanding what's going on internally, but it's also amazing for clearing space and being able to watch very carefully what is the responses that you're getting from girls. How are you affecting someone? And I learned very early on that the best way to get good at this was to view every single approach as a learning experience, to try to take the feedback from every experience. And that's not always easy because often the thing that you try to take is a win or is an ego boost. And it can be very common that you're going to meet girls who are going to reject you. They're going to be rude or or dismissive or blank you. And that's hurtful to your ego. If you go and try to say hi to a girl and she doesn't even look at you, if you've had that experience, it kind of hurts because you're like, what? I'm not even worth a fuck you. I'm not even worth looking at. Uh, the girl's just like, nah, whatever that is, I'm not interested. And so often the initial response to that is to feel some kind of resentment or aggression or self-defense where you're like, well, fuck that bitch. She's, she's going to be rude like that. I'll go and find a girl that's nice. Yeah, that's, that's her problem. I tried to early on, and I've certainly had moments like that, and I still occasionally, occasionally, get hit with a, a response from like, ah, fucking fuck you. But more often than not, I try to dispassionately and objectively step back from my ego and observe, okay, what are the actual me- mechanisms at play here? I learned how to be a good seducer and, and particularly a man who was good at approaching by very carefully watching the responses that I got from the girls. When I came in and I spoke really fast and I saw that she was getting overwhelmed by things, or I came in and I was a little bit too close or I didn't use any kind of pre-frame and I just started rambling into my into my opener and I noticed all these different responses. She shuts down, she gets defensive, she looks confused. Uh, all of this stuff, that helped me to learn to calibrate right? because I was watching carefully. Okay, when I go in there and I say too many words in a row, it doesn't really work because she doesn't hear the first, first few and she gets overwhelmed. All right, cool. I'll take the feedback and when I'll go in, I'll just go, hi. And wait and then speak more slowly Right, and so a simple thing like taking that piece of feedback allowed me to slow down my interactions so that the girl could pay proper attention to me right and this goes through every element of your dating life and seduction life and and definitely when you move into relationships trying to understand the feedback that women are giving you because they don't always give it to you in clear logical verbal sequences which can be kind of frustrating when you when you're trying to figure out what is a problem. Say with a girlfriend, you're going, "Okay, what is the issue here? Can we logically discuss this?" And she's, uh, you know, feeling a whole lot of emotion, and she's not making logical sense in her words. But you need to be able to read her emotion and understand. Oh, okay, in this situation, she doesn't need me to solve the problem logically. She needs to see that I'm man enough to hold hold her in this in this space so that she can settle down. For example, All right? So. There are all sorts of ways that the world is constantly giving you feedback. Guys come to me and they pay me because they want the blunt feedback, right? Because not it's not always the case that uh, people will your friends will tell you that you shake hands too hard, or that your breath stinks, or that you repeat back everything that the girl says when she says something. Right? That's my job is to be the guy that gives dozens of pieces of this feedback in a very very clear way. But even if you don't have a mentor, there explaining each of these pieces, the world is trying to teach you stuff. And a lot of the times people don't want to hear it because going back to the keeping an open mind aspect, oftentimes the feedback comes up against your worldview, right? So if you're, for example, you're a guy, a nice guy, a white knight guy who thinks that the best way to kind of get a girl's attention is to do all these gentlemanly things, to write her a poem or to try and buy her expensive things or lavish her with praise right? And you you believe that that is the way the world should be and that, you know, all these assholes out there who are treating women badly and not, you know, not showing them respect. And I don't want to be like that guy. So I'm going to be the the Prince Charming all the time. And so you try and do that. You meet a girl and she kind of likes you and then you put in too much effort and then she gets, runs away. And the feedback she's giving you is too much too soon, buddy. Freaked me out. And uh, yet you don't take the feedback. You're like, oh, why don't women appreciate, you know, a good guy? Why is it that she's, you know, like, it's just like another, this always happens to me. Women just don't seem to be able to see when there's a, a really nice guy coming into their life. And, uh, you know, and then it comes along again, you're like, all right, I'll try harder and I'll write a better poem and I'll put more money into it. And I'll do all this, put all, all this effort. When the feedback is saying from the women, whether they tell you, probably they won't, but just by their actions is I feel uncomfortable when you invest too much in me too soon, because that suggests to me that you're needy and clingy that you're putting too much effort in. I feel uncomfortable. So I'm going to leave now. right. And if you don't take that feedback, you'll keep repeating that same mistake over and over again, keep getting the same response. right. So it's very important to not be invested in your beliefs, in your truths, in the way that you think the world should be, but to accept that the world is if it's teaching you things, telling you things over and over again, that it's time to listen. Otherwise you just bang your head against a wall and get very frustrated and eventually very resentful with women and become a cynic, right? So that's the end of my list for today. If you implement all of these things in your life, then you have no doubt gonna get extreme success in your dating life. I know a lot of them are complete areas in themselves, just me telling you in ten minutes. All right, do this. It's it's some of these things have taken me many years to master, but they are the definitely the areas that I've seen over time have the biggest effect. Thanks so much for listening to the Natural, Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The, the Natural, Natural TV. TV. See you on the next episode.